Thanks for checking out the weekly Harmony Church podcast. For more information and resources about Harmony Church or any of the Harmony events, check out the Harmony Church website or Harmony Church Facebook page today. I want to start with something funny. And um, I heard about this mother. And one Sunday morning, she went into her son's room. And she woke, so son, wake up, she said. It's time to go to church. He said, no, mother, I'm not going to go to church today. She says, why not? He says, I'll give you three reasons. Actually, I've added one to it. One, I don't like the people. Two, they don't like me. And today it's raining. She says, I'll give you two better reasons why you should go to church. One, you're 49 years old and you're the pastor. (laughs) I've never felt like that. Maybe a little bit this morning. I was like, really? It's like, um, I want to start with something different. I have a talk here, but I just want to do something that, that just the miraculous, because of what what God does in the miraculous. I, um, one second. This is a uh, airplane throw-up bag. <laughs> Feeling unwell. <laughs> throw up in this thing. Anyway, it's the only thing I could find. Dave Bolesky was, was sharing something, and it um, uh, was a little bit confidential, but I think I can say it here, although we are live stream. But it's, it's, I think it's fine, because it's, it's all been now. But um, it's just something nice for you to know of the miraculous power and divine order that God has for our lives, and that we can trust God in every circumstance. Um, Dave Lesley was sitting with uh, Mark Check, Mark and you know, Darlene Check's husband, in the church, speaking with one of the federal uh, politicians uh, in the area. And she was saying to them a testimony. That was after the election that Scott Morrison got in, right? After the election. And she told him, so a week after, she told him that a week before the election, uh, in the morning, God told her that Scott Morrison was going to be the prime minister. And of course, as you know, for three years, it was no way, Jose, right? It was for three years, the liberals were not going to make it. And the 51%, 14, I was close, but it was no way. Nobody expected this thing to happen. And so she felt that God told her, Scott's going to win this thing. And so she texted Scott. You know, Scott is born again believers, wonderful Christian man. And she texted Scott, and Scott said to him, to her, back to her. She texted back, he says, yes, thank you, God told me that too. And then she said, she says, when you win, not if, when you win, this is a week before the election, when you win on Saturday, what do you want the local papers to say? And he said that it's a miracle. That's a week before. On the Sunday morning, when he, after he won, he walked down in the sofa hotel in the hotel, he walked down to his acceptance speech. And before he did, they sent him all the different headings of the papers, and one of them was, it's a miracle. And he texted this to this other uh, lady. And I thought it was so powerful because, you know, God knows our seasons. He knows our times. By the way, did you know that thousands of people were praying for like three months in a row every day? It was quite a committed prayer, intentional prayer for the nation of these things to happen. And so what God wants, it's just amazing what happened there. But I, I want to share this because some of you need to see a miracle in your life. God is working behind the scenes for you. There's angels. There's the Holy Spirit. Who needs a miracle right now? I want you to stand up. I don't care what kind of miracle. A miracle in your body, a miracle in finance, a miracle in um, whatever it is. Wow, we need a lot of miracles today. 
finance, whatever it is, in Jesus' name, come on. Come on, let's go to God because God is the miracle-working God. He does the miracle. He is the healer. He is the restorer. He is the... Woo! Right? Thank you, Jesus. Father, thank you for the power. Why don't you a few around you, around these guys stand, a few around, if you feel comfortable, just go around and stand, lay hands on them in Jesus' name, because it's very biblical. It says lay hands on the sick or on the people who need help, and they will be healed, they will be restored, and finance will come. Father, we thank you that you provide everything from your riches in glory. It is a scripture that you've given us in the Bible, and so right now it's a promise. And Lord, we say yes to that promise and amen to that promise. Thank you, Lord, that you will provide everything that is needed right now for these people who are standing. This miracle right now by your presence, by the riches that is in heaven. We pull it down. We pull it down for your eternal resource. Everything that is needed. Financial breakthrough. Housing plans going through. Permits going through. Debts being canceled. Bodies being healed. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit in this room. We thank you, Jesus, that you are our restorer. You are the healer and nothing is impossible. Every impossibility has to bow to the name of Jesus. And right now, we declare, bow down, bow down to the name of Jesus. And I just declare the release of the provision that is needed here today in the wonderful name of Jesus by the powerful power of the Holy Spirit to the glory of God the Father and release it in Jesus' name. Just receive it right now. Receive it. Receive it. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. We see that. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Last, last week, we talked about the ripple effect of love. How, how uh, after Pentecost, in the Bible, you know, the Eastern and Pentecost, uh, how the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost and just his liquid love was just poured out on this beautiful community of 120 people. And just amazing things started happening in that community. When pure love comes to town, everything changed. And the relationship with God changed. They were praising and worshiping and praying and miracles and stuff like that. Their relationship with each other uh, changed. It was incredible generosity amongst each other. Relationship, they met together every day, both in the temple and, of course, in other places. Did you know, some people say, oh, yeah, uh, because it says to, 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 to meet both you know, in the temple every day, in the temple court, all together as a community, in like an Ephesus or whatever. And then they would also meet at night in the, in the, uh, in the homes, right, for the love feast. But did you know, they, they think that in Ephesus, remember the, when Peter uh, preached, 3,000 came to, to faith. Did you know they're saying that the Ephesus church was probably a mega church of about 20,000 people. They would meet maybe in a Roman amphitheater. Don't think that, oh yeah, the whole thing is small church, small church, not small church at all, big church. Don't, 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 don't be negative about big churches. It's a bit of a tendency. It's a bit of a thing going on around the world. In some places, that oh, big church, no good, you know, and we're in a small church and hiding away. No, no. Small church is good. Life groups is good. Little groups is good because that's what they did. Every day they met together in homes. But there's also something for the bigger church. The bigger church has the resources. The bigger church has the apostolic covering of the fivefold ministry. The apostolic has the, has the finances to do mission, has, has the, the fellowship, the relationship of the wider body coming together. It's, it's like a movement. It's very, very powerful. You need both. You need both. Please don't get uh, seduced by that because it was actually amazing. And the Ephesus church was a very, very large church and growing all the time by the power of the Holy Spirit. But love was so amazing. Love was so amazing in this place, right? Love 
makes you beautiful. Love makes you beautiful. Tell your neighbor, love, love makes you beautiful. Oh, you probably have to say, love has made you, has made you beautiful. <laughs> See, when Christ is the center of your life, if Christ is the center of your life, then love is the center of your life because God is love. God is 100% love. So when love comes to town, when you are filled with the love of God, then you cannot help but start oozing and spilling and flowing love. Amen? And it's the most beautiful thing that we need to see. The first thing, though, is that you need to know how much God loves you. It's really hard to love without being loved. People who, are, who don't love or have never received love, they cannot give love. The thing is, though, we have not only been loved by God through Jesus Christ, that he gave his life for us, but he puts his Holy Spirit in us so we can actually have the actual love by his Holy Spirit permeating in our lives by the... It's just so incredibly powerful. You know, Bethel became very famous for one song in the beginning. And it was the beautiful song, He Loves Us. Oh, how he loves us. That song well, went worldwide and really launched uh, the Bethel music label, if you like, all around the globe. I love this in the, in the Passion Translation, 1 John 4, 19. Our love for others and for ourselves is our grateful response to the love God first demonstrated to us. It's a response to the love of God to us that we can love other people. We love others. We love ourselves because he first loved us. Amen? He is the source of our love. Colossians 3, little thing of last week, if you were not here. It says, verse 12, it says, you are always and dearly loved by God. Let's say it together. You are always and dearly loved. Loved by God. Let's say I. I am always and dearly loved by God. And so Paul says then, rope yourself or put on this kind of love in your life with the virtues of God. Since you have been divinely chosen to be holy, be merciful as you endeavor to understand others and be compassionate, showing kindness towards all. Be gentle and humble, unoffendably, I told about the other day, unoffendable in your patience with others. Tolerate the weaknesses of those in the family of faith, forgiving one another in the same way as you've been graciously forgiven by Jesus Christ. If you find fault with someone, then please go talk to somebody else about them sorry I missed it here if you find fault with somebody tell some no oh sorry release sorry, I need glasses release the same gift of forgiveness oh sorry okay to them okay okay, okay. don't talk to others about people's faults right you can talk to yourself about your own fault and maybe you can you know sometimes you know you can love other people in love you can maybe share some things and say hey listen you're very remember the love sandwich if you want to share something with love with somebody, remember the love sandwich? Really? Right? If you, if you see something, we see some stuff, right? I mean, I, I invite Catherine to speak into my life because remember the whole bottom line thing? I know when she speaks to me, it's going to be truth. Now, I'm going to trust it's coming from the right place in her life. But the thing is, though, what I like is the love sandwich. So when she says to me, Gideon, you're so awesome. I so love you. You're so amazing. But... There's this little thing that really irritates me. 
you know, why can't you use shape? But you are really awesome, and you're awesome, awesome. You know? So the love sandwich is a very nice way to tell people the truth in love. Remember the truth in love. Love sandwich. Love, 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 love. Truth in, I love is truth anyway. In between, you can stick a little thing, you know. But make sure that it's love, right? If you find fault with somebody, release the same gift of forgiveness. For love is supreme and must flow out of each of these virtues. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. Wow. Love is actually the measure of our maturity. How are you doing? How am I doing? I guess you can find the people next to you, as close to you, you know, because it's, it's easy to be, like, far away from somebody. How are, how are you really doing? You know, people who really know you. How are you really doing? Love is the measurement of your maturity. Isn't it beautiful? God has such a vision for our maturity. Look at this, Ephesians 5. For he died for us, this Jesus, sacrificing himself to make us holy and pure, cleansing us through the showering of pure water of the word of God. All that he does in us is designed to make us a mature church. Church, big church. Church, small church, like you are the church, like you and me are the church and the, the church, right? Church, for his pleasure, until we become the source of praise to him, glorious and radiant, beautiful and holy, without fault or flaw. Isn't that amazing what you see here? I mean, first of all, we talked about a lot that God has made us through Jesus Christ pure, holy and faultless. Well, that's a given in Christianity. If, if you've never known this, not a new revelation for you, then that's a beautiful revelation to know that through Christ Jesus, because he died for you, you are now in right relationship with God, and he sees you as holy, flawless, faultless, and righteous forever. That's the most wonderful and fundamental thing of Christianity. It's Christianity 101. When you go to Bible college, that's the first time they should teach you day one. And if you don't get it, teach it again day two until you get it. And then we go further and build on that revelation, right? Holy like this. The thing is, though, that... The understanding of this amazing grace makes us love Jesus more and more and more, right? And the greater revelation you have, the more you start to love Jesus. You are so grateful to him. You're so loving him. You so adore him. I so love Jesus. I so enjoy his presence. I so love to spend time with him. I so love to worship him. In my life. All of us, all the stuff he does in us is to mature us in love. Love is the measurement. I have a rain sound for my bedroom at night. And I'm kind of like, the rain sound makes me sleepy. You hear that rain? Anybody else goes to bed with a rain sound? You know, a white noise, you know, like... The, yeah, 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 like automatic on the roof, right? I was, I was just thinking like this. Where, where is this familiar, this thing? I'm kind of feeling a little bit um, dozy. <clears throat> Let me have a little drink. Maybe it's because I went to bed so late. Anyway, it's all good. All he does in us is designed to make us mature. And did you know that this brings him pleasure? It pleases God when we say, Lord, I want to be maturing. 
I want to know you more. I want you to do stuff in, in my life. Isn't it a wonderful thing? What a great invitation for you to say, Lord, do what you want to do in my life. Because I know that everything you do in my life is absolutely amazing. And so there's an invitation. And when you do this, it brings him pleasure. It brings me, my Catherine and me, brings pleasure when our kids do well. When they play basketball, I mean, the greatest fan, you know, we are the greatest fans. We've always been the sporting, whatever they do in school, you know, whatever they do. We were so proud because Jonathan went with us to um, Sydney the uh, last few days. He was asked by Jordan, who's the son of uh, Finn and Izzy, uh, to run the sound. That's how they honor him because it's, um, it's incredible what they have, the sound system they have and the whole stuff they do. But Jonathan is so good that they fly him over to do the sound. Not bad. But it brings me pleasure. I was looking around the whole time. I was sitting in the front row, you know, but the whole time I looked back to Jonathan. <laughs> you know, so. Not only did he do a good job, but I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of him, what he's doing. You are proud of your kids, what you're doing, or your mother, or your father, your cousin, or whatever. Whatever they're doing, you're proud of them. God is proud of us as a church when we mature, when we grow up, when we are filled with more love, when we do more kinder things and more loving things and more generous things. It brings him praise. Not only does it bring him praise for us here, it brings him praise <coughs> into the community. Because we saw in the community in Acts 2 church, the last two points, I had 10 points last week. The last two, the, the ninth one, was that they had favor with all the people. So the people in the community who saw them, they were like, the incredible miracles happening, the love for God, the praise and worship and the prayer, the people selling houses and giving each other houses. and things. I mean, it's like, you just don't do that. Something has happened there. The love of God has been so in there that the love of God just kind of blossomed and all these expressions of love start to flow out of their lives. Wouldn't it be amazing if the whole church is like this? Not just our church, not just your life, but all of us are like that. Man, that would, that, would, that would help people to see the church a bit different, right? We would be a little bit, you know, praise. You want to you find goodness? You want to find joy? You want to find love? You want to find... Go to church. You want to find that stuff? Go to church. Encouragement, joy, peace? You, you can't find it? Go to church. Wouldn't it be amazing if everybody thinks that way? Well, they don't. They don't. They don't. And sadly, of course, the media gets in between them and, and tweets all the other things, all the bad, bad ones, the condemnation things and this thing and that's bad and this abuse and this is whatever, whatever. So we're a bit of a thing there, you know, a bit of a boom, 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 boom. And now there's a warfare there going on. But the thing is, though, you, you by yourself, in your life, in my life, how can we be more loving to people? We're talking about just the cashier. I do it all the time now at Pack and Safe, wherever I go. Pack and Safe seems to be the cheapest still for me. And so I go to Pack and Safe. And um, I always talk to the cashier. Sometimes they're Christians. I invite them to church or they're not Christians. It's fine. And I'll do something. And sometimes I'll pay the other day for somebody else. They had no money. So I'll pay for you. And stuff. I mean, the thing is, though, come on. You should be a love on steroids. Everything you touch is love. Everything you do is love. And that's why I so much love the house. I love the church. There's nothing like the church. There's nothing like you and me when we are on fire, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with love. There's nothing like it in the whole world. Nothing. You won't find anything else. And it's amazing that it's our privilege to do this. It's our privilege. So we are a city on a hill. They see us. Wow. A place of comfort, strength. Wow. We are the light of the world. Wow. If I want to be enlightened, I go to church. 
Come on, guys, why don't we start changing a little bit? Let's start together changing this atmosphere and the image, if you like, of the church. Because the funny thing is, you are the image of the church. Ever thought about that? You're sitting in a bus, you are it. They can't see Jesus, they can't see the Holy Spirit, they can't see the Father, but they can see you. Serious. Sometimes we need to be more aware of this. But we feel so kind of like shy and feel like a little me. No, not little of you. You are a son and a daughter of the living God. You're being empowered by the Holy Spirit. This is God. The big one. Living in you by his spirit. He wants us to raise the way we see ourselves. Remember Matt when he talked about it? Matt talked about the Holy Spirit. He one time was in a dream and he saw this supernatural being standing there. He says, God, what is that? He says, is that an angel? He says, no. He says, wow, is it you? He said, no. Anyway, he went through all these people and then God says, no, it's actually you. And so Matt, Lansdowne, who was a friend of the house here, he saw his spirit. He saw his born-again spirit of God, born of God. He saw his spirit. Powerful. It's in you. I know you can't see it, but it's there. It is there. And so God wants us to live by faith and not by sight. He wants to live and walk by the Holy Spirit, by all this kind of stuff. And so he wants us to be raising up our, our vision, the way we see ourselves, the way we know it, because it's just there. Are you excited about this? You're very quiet. Except the rain. Maybe you got too much. The rain sounds. Oh, sorry. By the way, it's actually nice to have rain sound. If somebody's snoring, and you know, if you're married, you know, somebody's snoring, then you can sometimes rain. I snore sometimes. Catherine snores sometimes. And so sometimes we have this little thing, and then we both have a rain sound. Actually, yours is different than mine. And then uh, I hear hers a little bit. But the thing is, though, as the rain sound go, then sometimes the snoring is not as bad. That's the whole point of it. You did it in love? Loud. Yeah, but not too loud, because then I can't sleep. It's just too loud, you know. It's like... <laughs> I had that too, you know. Tear it down. Then you go past my daughter's room, Saskia. It's like, <laughs> serious. It's so loud. I said, how can you sleep with this? But she has nothing else. And she's learned to sleep like that. Amazing. Amazing sleep like that. <laughs> I don't know where I am. Where I am here? Christchurch. Okay, Christchurch. Here I am. Look, Sunday, Sunday morning. Christchurch. Blimmin' Crusaders. Um, awesome. Now, I stepped into the plane they were winning. I got out of the plane and they lost. Just joke. Not really a joke. But. You know, we need to reflect Jesus. Because Jesus is the reflection of God. When you look at Jesus... You look at God. He is the divine portrait, Colossians 1, the true likeness of the invisible God and the firstborn heir of all creation. For through the Son, everything was created, both in the heavenly realm and on earth, and all that is seen, all that is unseen, every seat of power, realm of government, principality, authority. It was all created through Jesus and for his purpose. He existed before anything was made, and now everything finds his completion in him. Everything is about Jesus. I want to encourage you to put Jesus at the center of your life. Because when 
God, Jesus, comes into the center of your life. Not only does the love start flowing, but the thing is, though, everything starts to find divine purpose in your life. And things start to shape and start to come into alignment. And things will start to fall into place. I suggest you try it if you're not trying it at the moment. He is the head of the body, verse 18, which is the church. And since he is the beginning and the firstborn heir in the resurrection, he is the most exalted one holding first place in everything. For God is satisfied to have all the fullness dwelling in Christ, his fullness, all God's fullness in Christ. And by the blood of his cross, everything in heaven and on earth is brought back to himself, back to its original intent, restored to innocence again. So beautiful. It's one of my favorite scriptures of the whole Bible. Colossians said, NIV says, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. And the most wonderful thing is that we, if you're a Christian, you're actually born of incorruptible seed. The Holy Spirit has come into your life. And so you're born of this. You're born of God. You're born of this beautiful, beautiful love on the inside. Born of it, then we are shaped by it, and we change from glory to glory. Why? Because we don't always live out of love, do we? No, we got love in our spirit, but then our soul has to kind of catch up a little bit. Sometimes our emotions are not really living in the love of God, the understanding of God. So we are born of God. We're shaped in the image of God. And then we start to reflect the image of God. And that's why I want to encourage all of us to start reflecting in your life the image of God. Now, I tell you something. Sometimes it is a little bit sacrificial. Because sometimes you don't want to. You don't feel like it. Right? I don't always feel like it either. But I tell you, when you stay, stay in that place of the Holy Spirit, you stay trekking in that river of God in your life, then it's amazing what starts to happen. Sometimes, I've done it before, sometimes you walk past something and God says, you've got to say something to this person or do something, and you keep walking and it says, you, still do, and you, you just got to listen, right? You can keep going and just say, you know, but then you go back and say, thank you, Lord, I wanted to do this thing. And you go back and be obedient and you can be an incredible blessing to a person here. I heard a lot of stories even this week, you know, of people just blessing other people. I tell you, particularly older people. Older people are sometimes so lonely. Sometimes they live in a big community, they're like Anthony Wilding, but some, many don't. And they're very, very lonely. Nobody talks to them. Not many people. Nobody really cares. Nobody asked the question, what happened in your life? How are you doing? Who are you? I tell you, even a thing like that would be so beautiful for a person like that. Just to ask, how are you doing? Who are you? That is being Christ. That is the love of God pulsating through your life. You're actually interested in somebody else than yourself. Amazing, isn't it? It's just practical stuff that we can do in our lives. I love being the body of Christ. And I'll finish with this. I got my friend here. You see this friend before, some of you, but I've got him here again. He was sleeping. <coughs> hey, wake up. <coughs> oh, I can't do tranquilicism, whatever. Hello, how are you doing today? Uh, my name is Jimmy. And uh, no, I can't do this. So I've got my friend here. And um, his name is actually Jesus. And um, he's happy. Jesus is always happy, right? And the thing is, just a simple illustration that he is the head and we are the body. We are his body, he is the head. 
just something I wanted to get this image in your head about this beautiful monkey, right? Monkey. And then wherever he goes, you go. Wherever he leads, you go. Otherwise, you go like this, you know, like, I went this way, I want to go this way. No, wherever he goes, we go. You know, like that. <laughs> so important. We're never separated. We're one with Christ. You are never separated from God, ever, if you're a Christian, right? You, you are one spirit with him, the Bible says. So we are one with him, and he is the head. We are his body, both as the body of Christ and as an individual. And then we got to learn, because he is pure love, we got to start learn to speak what he is speaking. we got to learn to nostril, to smell what he is smelling. We need to see, <laughs> see what he is seeing. We need to hear what he is hearing. We need to feel what he is feeling. What? It's important. Like this. Think we are his hands and his feet. We are his feet. Now it looks a bit like the church, right? Sometimes. Like, exactly. <laughs> Impotent. Yeah, it's true, isn't it? Sometimes, like, you know? Yeah, we're very strong. Awesome. <laughs> Come on, we are his body. We're talking about the God of the universe. We are his body. We represent him. We are one with him. He is our strength. He is our mind. He gives us the mind of Christ. He is our love. He is everything that we will ever need. Yeah, but there's problems in the church. I know. When you joined the church, the problem came into the church. We all have problems. You are the problem, probably. Right? Serious. I mean, come on. We bring all our problems. If we no problems, I had no job. Right? That's right. So I'm glad you have some problems. That's good. Helps me. The thing is, though, guys, there's no perfect church. Well, we are perfect in Christ, but you know what I mean? There's no perfect church. The thing is, we all bring our gifts. We all bring our pain. We all bring our stuff to the church, right? And we are one body together, right? But he is our strength. He is with us all the time. When you face a problem, then he goes with you. You can't go. When you go to sleep, he sleeps with you. Like I said last week in our bed, you get a dog and three cats and all, all these people sleep with us, you know, sometimes, not always, because I kick them out, but they come back in, you know. But the thing is, though, they sleep in my chair. He sleeps in your bed. Not only that, he's in you all the time. He doesn't get out of you. He's like all the time like this. So nice. I wish we could know a bit more how much we're just all the time loved by God. He's hugging us all the time. You know, we so many times let, let the, the things of life <laughs> go back to sleep. The things of life just bother us. One scripture here and then I'll wrap it up. I love this because in the Bible, um, our relationship is terrible, isn't it? Our relationship, that's better. Our relationship, particularly in marriage, is seen as a, as a picture of the, like Richard talked about, the bride of Christ. 
and he's the bridegroom. That whole picture of, of love, the marriage, is, is seen like this. And it, it's compared. But look what it says here about this whole thing. It says, um, I go to the bottom. I go to verse 28, Matthew, of this husband's obligation of loving and caring for their wives in the same way as they love and care for their own bodies. For to love your wife is to love your own self. No one abuses his own body, but he pampers it, serving and satisfying its needs. That's exactly what Christ does for his church. He serves and satisfies us as members of his body. Isn't that beautiful? Christ, he always satisfies us in every way. He pampers us. He loves us like a husband and a wife satisfy each other, love each other, give gifts to each other, have sex together, whatever. All the stuff that we have, all the needs that we have, all the human, human stuff in marriage, remember? Christ does it to us too. He pampers us, pampering. When is the last time you pampered your wife or your husband? Pampering. It's a beautiful word, pampering. It's like extravagant. It talks about devotion here. Remember last week we had the devotion. Remember devoted means extremely loving or extremely loyal. It's a picture of marriage, but it's a picture of Christ and the, the church. It's a picture of our relationship with God. And it's absolutely beautiful. He pampers you. He loves you. He satisfies your needs. It's beautiful, amen? It's beautiful what God, let him pamper. Do we take time sometimes just to let God pamper us? Do we sit long enough? I'm the first to say, man, I'm so quickly out of the prayer time, you know. But do we take time? I'm learning now. Take time to sit with him. It's the Holy Spirit, this love on me. Father, this love on me. This pamper me. But I tell you, when he starts to pamper you, then you start pampering other people. Because you do what he does to you. But if you have a lack in this area and you don't feel pampered, you don't feel loved, you don't feel cared for, you don't feel cherished, then you won't do it to other people either. And so there's a very, very strong relationship between the head and the body, Christ and the church, serving one another, loving one another. And then we are the beautiful expression out to the world to reflect this to the people around us. That's why I love the church. That's why I love this house. That's why I love you, each one of you. Some of you I don't know very well. But I know, Catherine, I have the privilege of knowing a lot of stuff that's going on here. And it's amazing what some of you do. Last week, somebody gave a car away to somebody else. I love that. That's really good. This self-sacrificing, self-giving love. We would change the world if we would love more. And I'll allow the Holy Spirit. But you won't love more unless you let God love you. And so there's nothing wrong, there's nothing selfish or something to say, Lord, love on me. Just love on me. You know, the greatest revivals in the world, almost, I think all of them, 
were all revivals of the Father's love. The revelation of the Father's love on that foundation of grace, the Father's love and everything else, the Holy Spirit then brews in such a way that revival has come. There's been a word to our church. We released it to the leaders the other day. I said it to you before, but it's just a little part of that. He said, God says there's going to be a cloud here for six months. And he says, people will come to Christ and they will say yes to Jesus without altar calls. They'll be healed without anybody praying for them. And you know, you can think about that, of course, a big cloud coming from the, from the hills, you know, and it's going to come. And you know, you can think of that. And I, I thought of that because actually in the word, the cloud will come down for the hill. But the thing is, though, what does it, what does it really mean? Because I think the cloud's already here. It will intensify. I'll tell you something else. The cloud's already in you. And when we start to manifest this cloud, I've had so many people the last couple of weeks coming into this church. There's something about, I don't know, I feel so loved. I feel something about this place. That's the cloud. It is the presence of God. In the Old Testament, so the cloud, during the day, fire by night. He's both. He's the cloud and the fire. And the good thing is, he actually lives in you. Yo! That will woke some up. Come on. I'm sorry about this, guys. But now, come on, let's wake up a little bit. The rain has stopped. That's good. The cloud is here. Can the musicians come, please? Cloud is here. The Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit is in this place. I so love the Holy Spirit. I so love. He's such a comforter. He's such a lover. He's the most amazing lover ever. He's just so beautiful. And he's not just mental. He isn't. He's not like you. He isn't. And like me. He isn't like that. He is amazing. He is full of goodness. The Bible says that the goodness of God leads us to repentance. It leads us to change our mind about him, about the world. The goodness of God. It's so wonderful that we've received this ministry of reconciliation. That God is not counting men's sins against them. Why? Because Jesus Christ paid for our sins. He paid for our wrongdoing. He paid for those things in the world. It's gone. And now he gives a gift. That's why we have this gift at Christmas. It's a gift of God. A gift of salvation. All eyes closed for a moment. Maybe there's somebody sitting here in this room right now. You say, man, I didn't know that God loved me so much. I didn't know that the gift of Christmas, Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, which means God is with us, that he actually wants to come inside of my life. He actually wants to come into my life and change my life from the inside out. Maybe you thought it was about rules and regulations. Maybe you heard about things about judgment of the church or whatever, people being nasty to other people. Say, man, I don't want to go to church like that. No, God is not like this at all. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that sometimes Christians, have misrepresented the gospel have misrepresented we are not perfect in that sense but God is your heavenly father is perfect he is beautiful he is so lovely altogether lovely altogether kind and maybe his love right now is ministering to you right in this moment maybe you feel him the Bible says he knocks on your door and asks him asks you that he could come in are you ready today to let him in to your life? I tell you something, it will be the best thing that you will ever do in your life. He will come in and he will love you like nobody has ever loved you before.